0: Good morning, happy Tuesday, February 9th, and welcome to Every Day's a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every day of the year. Today's holiday is National Pizza Pie Day. Ever stepped outside on the evening of a full moon and been immediately smacked in the eye with an entire pizza to the face? No? Well, keep an eye out, because today is the day of the year that that exact scenario is most likely to play out. National Pizza Pie Day is another one of those self-explanatory food-based holidays. It's a day to eat pizza, and it is cleverly named in reference to Dean Martin's song, That's Amore. I tend to have issues digesting pizza because cheese is a pretty key ingredient, naturally, but thankfully the world of food science has come very far, and there are companies now that create pizzas with non-dairy cheese and even gluten-free crusts. We truly live in the greatest era that has yet to be, so thank you to culinary scientists, aka food wizards. There are accounts of cultures making bread for at least 7,000 years, and people adding ingredients to make bread more flavorful isn't a new development either. As far back as the 6th century BC, Persian soldiers serving under Darius the Great would bake flatbreads with cheese and dates on top of their battle shields. But flatbreads evolved into true pizza, probably sometime between the 16th and 18th centuries, with the addition of tomato as a topping. Tomatoes were originally brought to Europe from the Americas in the 1500s, and many Europeans believed tomatoes were poisonous because they are in the same plant family as the poisonous flower nightshade. But by the late 1800s, it was common for lower-class families around Naples, Italy to add tomatoes to their yeast-based flatbread, and thus the pizza was born. Here are some random and probably true facts about pizza. Three billion pizzas are sold every year in the United States alone. Roughly 17% of all restaurants in the U.S. are pizzerias, with more than 10% of the country's pizzerias being located in New York City. The very first pizzeria in America was Lombardi's Pizza in New York City. A fun and timing-relevant Super Bowl fun fact is that Super Bowl Sunday is the most popular pizza day of the year, with 70% of those watching the game eating at least one slice of pizza. Also, nearly a third of all people consider pizza to be the perfect breakfast. The record for world's largest pizza was made on December thirteenth, two 2012 in Rome, Italy, the pizza was 122 feet and 8 inches in diameter and was made of 100 percent gluten-free crust that pizza's name was otavia and finally i didn't know this october is officially national pizza month so i will be celebrating by eating more pizza in the month of october whether it be from scratch delivery De or otherwise please enjoy a meaty cheese food disc today and happy national pizza day you guys Now, let's take a look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. On this day 52 years ago, the Boeing 747 jumbo jet took its first test flight. Boeing 747s are large, wide-bodied commercial airplanes that can hold over 366 passengers. They have a main deck with economy and first-class seating as well as an upper deck with similar accommodations. They are all equipped with four-wing mounted engines, low-mounted wings, four redundant hydraulic systems, and four main landing gears, each with four wheels to provide support and backup safety in the event of tire blowouts. These massive vehicles weigh over 400,000 pounds and have a carrying capacity of 735,000 pounds for early models. Now, the Boeing 747-8 series can take off carrying Nine hundred seventy thousand pounds of cargo the, the 747 airplane 747 is also the fastest commercial airplane 6, on the market with a top miles. speed of and the mach 0.86 to that's 9, nearly 660 miles per stopped. hour fun fact air force one is the most famous global symbol of the boeing 747 and as a matter of fact there are two air force ones In the event that one is being maintained, or in more dangerously high-security situations, one of them can be used as a decoy to protect those on board. And all of this aeronautical awesomeness began on February 9th, 1969, when the Boeing 747 took its first test flight. About an hour into the jumbo jet's first flight, the pilots moved its wings flaps and heard a loud bang. The entire plane shuddered, but pilot Jack Waddell and co-pilot Brian Weigel remained completely calm. Um, no thanks. If I heard a loud bang during the inaugural flight of a historical plane, guaranteed, I am losing it. But then again, I am not a professional airline pilot. The bang they heard was one of the plane's flaps slipping out of alignment with its track, making it unable to retract. The plane kept flying, however, oh yeah, that's a real big comfort, and after about 85 minutes of flight, the pilot and co-pilot landed the 747 without any hiccups. During the flight, Pilot Waddell contacted Tower Control to reassure them that everything was going all right, saying, What kind of looking ship is this from out there, Paul? It's very good looking, Jack. Fantastic. Rather majestic, you might say. Roger, that's the word, Jack. Majestic. My props to Jack Waddell and Brian Weigel for keeping their cool and being the first to fly the historic Boeing 747 airplane. Now, it's time to commemorate the births and deaths of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. Today, two presumably dead Marvel Cinematic Universe villains share a birthday. Michael B. Jordan, aka the best MCU villain ever is celebrating his 34th birthday, and Tom Hiddleston, the Norse god of mischief himself, is celebrating his 40th. Michael B. Jordan, born February 9, 1987, in Santa Ana, California, started out his career modeling for newspaper ads when he was about 10 years old, and his first break came when he landed a small role on The Cosby Show. He became even more famous when he was cast as star quarterback Vince Howard in Friday Night Lights in 2009. In 2013, he received massive praise for his performance as Oscar Grant in the Fruitville Station film, a film based on the true story of Oscar Grant, a 22-year-old black man who was killed by police at a subway station in Oakland, California. I've ridden the Bay Area Rapid Transit system, and I've been to this subway station multiple times. I'd only vaguely heard about the movie a few times prior, but now I really need to get to watching it. And in 2018, Jordan played the arch-villain Eric Killmonger in The Black Panther, who is easily the best MCU supervillain. I mean, come on, guys. Most recently, Michael B. Jordan played the role of Brian Stevenson, an acclaimed civil rights lawyer in the film Just Mercy, another movie that I really need to find the time to see. Fun fact about Michael B. Jordan, nerd alert, he's an anime fan. He's particularly into Naruto and the Dragon Ball franchise, and knowing that makes me appreciate him just that much more. And Tom Hiddleston, born February 9th, 1981 in Westminster, London, started out his acting career on the stage in a performance of A Streetcar Named Desire during his second term at the University of Cambridge. He proceeded studying acting at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, graduating in 2005. Hiddleston's first television appearance was in the small role of Lord in the 2001 film The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. Between 2003 and 2011, Hiddleston spent most of his time as a theater-based actor winning the 2008 Laurence Olivier Award for his performance in Shakespeare's Cymbeline and performing in Othello with Ewan McGregor that same year. Also in 2008, Hiddleston performed in the West End revival of Ivanov with future Thor film director Kenneth Branagh. Branagh then casted Hiddleston as Loki for the first Thor film, and Tom's career skyrocketed. Loki is one of my favorite characters in the MCU, but best villain still has to go to Michael B. Jordan's Killbonger, and in all honesty, I think Tom Hiddleston agrees. In a 2018 interview with ScreenRant.com, Tom was asked this. Yeah, Loki. Loki's yeah. almost like the torchbearer for the Marvel Cinematic villain. Uh, mm-hmm. What other villains do you like in the Marvel? Who are, you, who are your top three, besides Loki, in the Marvel Cinematic universe for you? I just saw a Black Panther, like everybody else, months ago. Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Absolutely extraordinary okay. performance. Really amazing. And for me, specifically because I felt as as an audience member, I could understand his point of view absolutely same thing you know a sort of thing that that there was even though the logic is misguided or that he's kind of evacuating his anger onto people who don't deserve it you could still you could understand why he was angry and that there was a kind of flawed but comprehensible logic in it so definitely him um... their two characters never appeared on screen together but it's gotta be pretty amazing for Michael B. Jordan to hear such praise from an MCU veteran like Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if those two actors have any working relationship considering their distance within the MCU, but I took a quiz to see which of them I would have a relationship with in the BuzzFeed.com quiz, is Tom Hiddleston or Michael B. Jordan your soulmate? And based on my answers to this very scientific quiz, Michael is the one for me, saying... You'll spend your time working out, chilling out, and gazing into each other's beautiful eyes. If there's one dude to spend the rest of your life with, then Michael's the perfect choice. Sorry, Tom. As much as I love Loki, Michael is my soulmate based on BuzzFeed's quiz. And there's nothing I can change about that. Happy birthday to Tom Hiddleston and Michael B. Jordan. Thanks for being such heroic inspirations to so many people throughout your careers. Today is also the 115th anniversary of the death of American poet, novelist, and playwright Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Dunbar was born in 1872 in Dayton, Ohio, to parents who had been enslaved before the end of the Civil War. He was one of the first influential black poets in American literature, and was internationally acclaimed for his poetry collections, majors and minors and Lyrics of a Lowly Life, both of which featured the, quote, Negro dialect associated with the plantation era of the southern United States. Here's a little bit of Paul Dunbar's poem, Accountability, from the Lyrics of a Lowly Life, read by Rick Kissner for etc.usf.edu. We's all constructed different. There ain't no two of us the same. We can help our likes and dislikes. If we's bad, we ain't to blame. If we's good, we needn't to show off. 'Cause you bet it ain't our doing. We gets under certain channels that we just can't help pursuin'. But we all fits into places that no other ones could fill, and we does the things we has to, big or little, good or ill. Dunbar was the first black poet to earn national distinction and acceptance. The New York Times called him, quote, a true singer of the people, white or black. Frederick Douglass once referred to Dunbar as, quote, one of the sweetest songsters his race has produced and a man of whom I hoped great things. Maya Angelou's autobiography, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, is a reference to a line in Dunbar's poem, Sympathy. And on February 9th, 1904, Paul Lawrence Dunbar died of tuberculosis at the age of 33, next to his mother in Dayton, Ohio. He is now buried at the Woodland Cemetery in Dayton. Rest in peace, Paul Dunbar. People like you, Robert Frost, and Amanda Gorman have recently made me far more interested in the power and poignancy of poetry. Lastly, let's find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in our final segment, Listener Celebrations. Today, Charlene is celebrating her 35th birthday and her daughter's sister's 5th birthday. Happy birthday to the both of you and Callie and her husband are celebrating their second anniversary of when they first found out they were pregnant with their first child. I'm assuming that child has now been born and is approaching their second birthday in about nine months, so congrats to you and your whole family, Callie. I hope you're all happy and healthy and doing well in your life together. Thank you for sharing your celebrations with us, and if you are celebrating anything like a birthday, an anniversary, or any special occasion, please shoot me a message at a Pod on Instagram. Thank you for joining me in today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. If you'd like to support the show, please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts, or just pass it along to a friend, and tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on February 10th. Enjoy today, and catch you tomorrow.